In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I talked with Tony Overbay a little while ago for my podcast, and we got so excited with our conversation that I didn't formally introduce him. So Tony is a licensed marriage and family therapist, speaker, author, and podcast host. Tony spent 10 years working in the software industry before returning to school in his early 30s to get his master's in counseling. And he's been working as a therapist for the past 18 years. Tony's first book, He's a Porn Addict, Now What? An Expert and Former Addict Answer Your Questions, has been a bestseller in the sexual health and recovery category since its December 2019 debut. Tony released the award-winning The Virtual Couch podcast in 2017 and recently launched Waking Up to Narcissism in October of 2021. It has regularly found its way into the top 50 podcasts in the mental health category on the podcast charts. And Tony's latest venture is a subscription-based couples coaching podcast called Magnetic Marriage based on his highly acclaimed Magnetic Marriage Couples Communication course. Tony has appeared on over 450 podcast episodes, including mine, as host of his podcast or as a podcast guest. He is the creator of The Path Back, a pornography recovery program, and Magnetic Marriage is designed to strengthen marriages. He has a positive parenting course available as well and speaks to audiences worldwide on topics ranging from marriage, parenting, faith crisis, anxiety, depression, ADHD, narcissism, and emotional immaturity. We had so much fun talking. We hope you enjoy this episode of Doing Good. Is that something that you have experienced as yourself or or you've experienced it like with family members or? I love it. It's such a good question. And I feel like, okay, we just jumped right into the deep end, right? I know. But it's so good, Carmen, because the concept or the word narcissism is being thrown around everywhere. So if somebody does you wrong or you don't like them, then they have become a narcissist. And as a therapist, you're hearing that constantly. And so when I was mentioning to you earlier that when I was working with a lot of men in particular, trying to help them overcome unhealthy coping mechanisms like turning to pornography, then I realized, okay, I can't just tell them to sing a hymn or Thing, you know, or just right. don't, don't do it or just do push-ups. Those are those behavioral interventions. Yes. You really need to have, why does somebody turn to an unhealthy coping mechanism? And I promise I really will answer the question. We'll, we'll get there. I'll get there, right? I love it. So, so then I start working with guys and I say, okay, they turned unhealthy coping mechanisms because they don't feel connected in their marriage or their parenting or their, their faith, their health or their career. So I think, okay, I want to go find these really cool evidence-based tools as a therapist to work with each of those. So I find a really cool parenting technique, the nurtured heart approach. And it meanwhile changes my life as a parent at the time. And then couples, I never wanted to be a couples therapist, but all of a sudden I feel like, okay, I can help guys become better husbands and fathers. And so I find this amazing technique called the emotionally focused therapy by this, this psychologist named Sue Johnson. And it is, it's the, the gold standard for couples therapy. And so then I start working with couples a little bit more. And then uh, you know, I, I come up with these things I call my four pillars of a connected conversation. They are manna from heaven. They change the world. You know, everybody is rejoicing. We we didn't know what we didn't know. Now we have these tools and and we live happily ever after. But then there was a little bit of a percentage of people that like, why are they not using the tools? You know, yeah. why does this and I'll just go with the gender stereotype, but why is the guy saying, okay, forget your tools, old man. When you hear how what she's done, then we'll both gang up on her. And I'm, yeah. and I'm thinking... This is just doesn't feel right. So so the more I'm starting to recognize the people that can use the tools and they didn't know what they didn't know versus the people that can't really sit with any discomfort, they can't take ownership or accountability of things and that they just have to get rid of that discomfort. However, if it's anger, if it's the, the gaslighting, the saying, I never said that, but but it's overall this lack of being able to sit with any uncomfortable feelings and not take ownership or accountability. Now I start kind of saying, oh, okay, let's, let's do a little more digging. And you start looking at, things like narcissism, you know, or personality disorders. And then, but then, man, now you start looking at if you hear anything about narcissism, you know, if you're reading about something like that, if you are married to a narcissist, it, it basically, in essence, says, okay, stop the paragraph now, pack your bags and leave, you know, they'll never change. And I thought, okay, but as a therapist working with real human beings with real emotions, and how does somebody know, wait, I think they are a narcissist, you know, then, then you have to meet them where they're at and join them on that journey to say, 
hey, is this a personality disorder and I need to pack my bags, which is not that easy if there's kids and finances, social capital and families entwined. Right. Or is this just we just don't know what we don't know? And if we get the right tools, yeah, it'll be a little bumpy, but holy cow, we can we can grow. And so then so I start this other podcast. You know, I've been doing the virtual couch podcast for years and it's a general mental health. But anytime I even talked about narcissism or emotional immaturity, then I feel like the download numbers are up a few thousand and people get all the questions. So so I'm doing this couple's work. I'm noticing that there's a little bit more interest there. And meanwhile, I'm not going to lie. I start, you know, realizing okay, I'm not a big fan of sitting with discomfort. And I'm a big, you know, there's a lot of times I'm like, no, 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 I I didn't mean it. You know, I I didn't say that. And I'm like, a little little narcissistic kind of tendency there, maybe a trait, maybe a vibe. And so then I really do feel like I'm starting to recognize, oh man, I've got these, some of these traits and tendencies. And and so then I start exploring that. It's like, but I couldn't be the narcissist. I mean, you're not even supposed to be aware of it if you are. So okay, I'm not, I'm right. I'm asking the question, so I must be okay. But then I, but then you're really seeing, then I'll come home and I'll say, I'll try to show up different in my relationship with my wife. And there were a couple of times where, you know, I know that I would say things like, okay, I talked to this client today. He walks in the house and his wife says, okay, I don't even know which version of you I'm going to get. And I, and I thought, can you believe that? And she's like, oh, I, I actually understand that. And I'm like, how dare you? That is not me. You're always getting the fun version. I'm amazing. You know, and then yeah. I, but then what an opportunity to, because I care about her to sit with it, that discontent comfort, self-confront. And then I say, tell me more, which is part of, you know, these four pillars of a connected conversation I have. I have to assume good intention. She's, she doesn't wake up in the morning and think she's going to hurt me or how can I hurt him? And yeah. when, when your spouse says, hey, I'm noticing or I feel like my second pillar is you can't say, no, that's wrong. You, you, I, you know, I don't agree because that's their opinion. And so I say, you got to assume good intentions and you can't tell somebody you don't believe them or, or that's not true, even if you don't believe them. I mean, or, yeah. you, or you don't think it's true because, you know, we want to have the conversation. We want to show up mature for this conversation. So my third yes. pillar is the, that then, okay, I'm going to ask questions before making comments. Because I may then say, okay, I will assume good intentions. She's not trying to hurt me. I will not tell her she's wrong, even though I kind of think she might be. But yeah. the third pillar, if, she, if I just say, okay, well, let me just tell you what you don't understand. Well, then I've just shut the conversation down. I've gone for control over, yes. over love. Right. So my third pillar, questions before comments. Well, tell me more. Help me understand. Help me see my blind spots. Man, and here's where the discomfort, though, comes, Carmen, because now all of a sudden, if she's saying, well, sometimes you come in and you're happy and sometimes you're not and sometimes you're this, then I want to defend my fragile ego. You know, well, yep. and with, with such classic hits as, well, you do too, or, but you don't exactly. understand it, right? And that's the yep. immaturity. So I love in this particular situation, then, you know, she, she did. She's like, sometimes you come in and, and the world is amazing. And you're literally like throwing money around and making it rain, as the kids say, or whatever. Other times, you know, I might come in and, and if my son says, hey, uh, can we go out and get something to eat? I'm like, I'm, I'm not a paycheck, but I mean, I'm not just walking back, you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, I do do that. So yes. I, I do need to self-confront. I can sit with this discomfort. You know, I can I can take this in because I want to be better. Yes. So, so, you know, my fourth pillar is you can't be a, take this victim mentality or go run back to my bunker, you know, because if I say, if I even say, I've assumed the good intentions, I didn't tell her she's wrong, I've asked questions, and then if all of a sudden I say, okay, you guys are right, I'm a horrible person, I'm a bad dad, and I'm just a walking paycheck, which a lot of guys are pretty bad at my pillar four, you know, then what do they do? They go, no, dad, you're good, I shouldn't Right, and then right, go, yeah. Oh, it's okay. And now all of a sudden I feel better, they don't, and then I walk away like, okay, cool, you know? But, yep. but so I feel like these four pillars have been, they've been gold. I mean, and I love them. I, I use them so much. And then, and so then, but then again, I go back to some people, they won't use them at all. Like they don't need to use them because they're so special. I mean, I'm kind of overgeneralizing that, that when you hear how bad their problem is and what their, uh, their partner is doing. So it's not about them taking ownership. It's about, well, wait till you hear her, you know? that then they can't use those tools. So then I start looking at, all right, now we're talking about more of this really uh, emotional immaturity or narcissism. And so then I start this podcast, Waking Up to Narcissism, and the the title was very intentional because I felt like, okay, I'm kind of waking up to my own narcissistic traits or tendencies. Or people are waking up to this narcissism in their relationships. Yeah. And and again, and, and, I, and I'm very, in what, uh, I'm very direct about I get that you might hear, just leave, and it, but it's not that easy. So I want to put sure. the tools. So then early in the podcast, I make this episode where it's called, Am I the Narcissist? And that one's, you know, done even more than the, most of the episodes do. And do I the wives show that? What, like, are there any people that yes. like 
I'm going to listen to this one. Or is it more like a loving family member that's like, maybe you should, because that would be hard too oh, for Carmen, someone to it's, think. It's so I funny to say that. Honor. Well, and it's a great question because it's, because, oh man, it's such a, okay. Uh, here's where the ADD kicks in, right? I will calm down. I will calm <laughs> Because the, it's it's the perfect question. Because the reason I said that was the if I was being presented with that and like, hey, I think you would listen to this. I'm like, I'm not a narcissist, and so I sure. went out very quickly in there of like, hey, narcissistic personality disorder is two or three percent of the population, but it's getting thrown around like crazy. So now if I'm, a narcissist, I'm like, all right, I'm I'll keep listening. This guy doesn't sound completely dumb. And then I lay out the actually we're all emotionally immature until we're not. And then I lay out this whole thing, Carmen, where I talk about. We, I believe we all get into marriage and relationships and, and become codependent and enmeshed. And, and I know this is uh, audio, but I'm, I'm going to show you with my hands here. Yes. And it's just because that's the way we, we show up because we have our own fear of abandonment and we've got sure. our attachment wounds from childhood just because we do. So, so if we're, we're, we're pretty, pr- we fall prey to the love bombing where, oh my gosh, everything is perfect about this person. And even if there's a disagreement, I'm sure it'll get better when we're married or we have kids or we, you know, and so. I'm going to not really speak up to my truth. And, and you know what? Okay, I'll overlook this fault or this red flag. I'll turn that red flag yellow and everything's going to be great and we'll be happy. And so then we get into marriage and now we're codependent. Now we're enmeshed and now we start going through life and stuff happens. And now and here comes our different opinions because we're actually two different complete human beings, two different yes. genders, two different. And, we, and so now, you know, we have a kid and here's your thoughts about parenting and here's my thoughts. And if we don't have the tools to communicate effectively, then whoever is the loudest, whoever is, is going to take control, in essence, then you know, that's what we end up doing. So, so somebody says, I have a different opinion. And the more emotionally immature says, well, that must mean you think I'm wrong. There's yeah. no room for two opinions. And so, so then when it happens, the, the louder, the more emotionally immature then uses anything for control, you know, whether it's yeah. becoming the victim, going angry, gaslighting, withdrawal, whatever. Till this person comes back into enmeshment. No, you're right. You're right. You know what? I, I'm, I'm probably the one that's making too big of a deal out of this. And we stuff our own emotions. We stuff our own desires and our hopes yep. and our dreams. And we go a little bit further down the road. And we're going to try it again. Something else happens. And we, we give our opinion. And if it doesn't go well, over time, the person that is more of the what I like to call the pathologically kind person stops even offering their opinion because it doesn't really matter. Yeah, And so then, you know, you get 15, 20 years into a marriage and all of a sudden the person that, that, that has not had a voice, it's like they're uh, you kind of look in the world of trauma. There's a book called The Body Keeps the Score and yep. their own visceral or gut reaction is like, I can't, I can't even be by this person and I need to be, this is my spouse, you know what I'm, and so then, but then your own body is starting to, you know, you're starting to have, I don't know, your amplified heart rate or starting to have panic yeah. attacks or starting to feel depressed or your anxiety's up. Anyway. That's all to say that, so then that's a part where then I feel like you have to help somebody recognize that how they're showing up in a relationship and that it is absolutely okay to have your own thoughts and opinions and feelings. And, you know, we all have our own God-given talents and abilities. And so we need to let those shine. And so I really feel like people need those tools to then see, is this just emotional immaturity? And we need to learn to, to grow and communicate. But then the reality is there are some people because they never saw it modeled in their childhood. They never saw their parents take ownership of anything. I often say that gaslighting is a, is a childhood defense mechanism because if you weren't even allowed to have an opinion that differed, yeah. you're wrong, then you learn from a very young age that I have to defend myself at, at all costs. It wasn't me. It was the dog or, yeah. or, you know, it was, I didn't do it. And then if we, and then if we, that gets rid of that discomfort for the kid, well, then that becomes a coping strategy moving into adulthood. So. At some point, we're going to give you the, you know, I like giving people the tools to see, okay, do we just not know what we don't know? And that's where I go yeah. back to, they get four pillars, they're uncomfortable, but then all of a sudden, you know, I, again, I'm telling you all these, I like to say, you know, quote yeah. myself, that's a little, that's a little narcissistic, Carmen. That's quote <laughs> myself. But as the great me once said, Carmen, <laughs> but, but I feel like we're so afraid of contention that we avoid tension altogether. And tension really yeah. is where gro- growth occurs when I think we have the right tool. So when we finally realize, oh, of course I have a different opinion than my spouse, because why wouldn't we? We're two different yes. human beings. And now we have the tools and we're not afraid that it'll be a little bumpy, but then like, hey, what do you think? You know, well, tell me. Yes. Then, then there's amazing growth. And then I go to the whole thing where I feel like not only were we supposed to get married to do the whole procreate, replenish the earth, but I really feel like we have to have a connection with another human to be able to then go through life and not just live in some echo chamber and just, and just have to only find people that tell me I'm right all the time. Or yes. put myself in a position with people that are afraid to express their opinion. 
So then what a, what a joy when you get to the part of the, of, of this where you realize, oh, it's not as scary as I thought to hear someone's information because ultimately every opportunity is an opportunity to me for me to self confront. And that means if my wife was saying, I feel like you're two different people when you show up and I've been going to be one person school for a decade, then I can say, tell me more. And I don't have to go, you're right. It might be, man, I hear you. I feel like I've really been working on that, but I'm going to, I'm going to take a look at that because I care and I want to be better. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that this, we have such an all or nothing black or white mentality in general. And so it's like, you know, we start to learn to, I'm going to self confront. I want my partner to share things with me. I'm going to take that in. And then, and that's a me issue and what a joy, what an opportunity to grow. But it doesn't mean, it might even mean that, Hey, so I feel like I I'm doing things differently. So tell me about what that looks like to you. And now all of a sudden I'm helping her do a little self-confrontation. Not right. By saying, not by saying, don't you need to look in the mirror? You know, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Right, but, there's a way yeah. of doing it. I yeah. have 4,000 questions. <laughs> that I, okay. I was even sitting there thinking, Carmen, because I had so much fun talking to you before we hit record. I was even thinking, did, did I even come close to the question? Yeah. I, yes, it was, it was, how do we know? What's oh, narcissism. A narcissism. How do you know if you're so, narcissistic? But you did. You you yeah, brought it, you brought it in as as a relationship okay, yeah. or as a person. Like how sure. do you know and how do you and you know uh, even begin to address that? And I love what you said that you're like it's not just pack your bags and leave because no. there are we all have like you said either emotional baggage from our childhood and yeah. things that we take with us or you know, anxiety, depression, yes. narcissism, bipolar disorder. I mean, all there's all the things with I'm all playing with people. a toy, Carmen. I have ADHD. I mean, it's like ADHD. we all have things, right? Yeah. We all have the table. And, yeah. and you said, you know, when there's kids involved, but also I was thinking, and when love is involved, when, when mm -hmm. you love someone, like that's a, that's a huge reason to stay in a marriage is love. And, and, there are different ways that you can make that healthier and that you yeah. can, I love the four pillars idea and the word that you kept using, you kept saying tools, tools in a marriage. Yeah. So is it, do you feel like every marriage needs tools to survive and thrive? Because you know that there's marriages where you're like, I don't even know if they ever even talk about it. Like they're just so chill yes. about everything all the time. It's like, yeah. do you ever use tools? And then there's like my husband and I, and we are both very passionate, very, well, I'm emotional. He's not, but we're both very passionate. We can both be very stubborn, very opinionated people. And that's one of the things that actually drew me to him was when I was dating him, that he would challenge me when I'd say, oh yeah, well, when we get married, we'll just do this. And he'd say, I actually don't agree with that. And I'd be like, what? what? Typically like the men, like that, that I had dated or even like in my family, like my mom's like, oh yeah, you know, they, you know, they'll, and not, they're not pushovers. That's my family's going to no, be like, well, I, I, know what you're, no, I like where you're going with this. But yes. The women typically, like, it's a very, I, I would say we have a matriarchal family. And so okay. with, with my, with my grandma and aunts and everyone, like we, and, and that's a great thing that we felt like women have a voice and women, we have opinions and, and men listen to that. And that's wonderful. But I've also maybe been taught a little bit that, and, and they, when it comes to things like, you know, childbirth and vaccinations and decisions with the children, the woman trumps because the woman is typically in the home more. So the woman gets to make those. And when my husband was like, I don't agree with that. We're both parents. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm the mother. And he's like, but I'm the father. And all of a sudden it's like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to deal no, with this. Like, it. So yeah. it's hard. So when you get a relationship like that, where you get the best of all the things like I, I, my husband and I, I, I always feel like we have like a notebook kind of relationship or marriage. Yeah. Like this, it's just so it is, I feel like it's unique and wonderful and amazing. There's nothing like it, but it wow, it's been really hard sometimes. And yeah. so do you feel like every marriage can benefit from and needs yeah. tools to survive and thrive. I do. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, I, th I've, I really have worked with, I don't know, I think it's 14, 1500 couples now in almost 20 years. And I feel like every couple does. If a couple feels like everything is just fine, I, I my personal opinion, just from experience, is that one of the people in the relationship has felt like, you know, it, it really doesn't necessarily matter. My opinion, you know, even if they get to a healthy place where they think I, I have an opinion, but for the greater good, I'm just going to 
you know, it it's not worth it. To fight. It's not worth it. And so, so it's, it's interesting with my four pillars. I do say the goal is to be heard. It's not to resolve a situation and that's really uncomfortable. And when I, I'll do a, a marriage course on occasion and then I'll do like the uh, group coaching or live coaching and you'll get a couple that will do that. And then it's so funny. It's every, every time I'm not a big all or nothing or absolute person, but it, there has been every time where a couple does it, they both feel heard. And then they look over at the camera and say, now what do we do? And I just say, you did great. I mean, because if, if we have this goal, if we have to have a resolution in every single conversation, somebody's most likely going to give in or acquiesce. Yes, because well, like, you have to. It's, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so when, you know, when people really start to, when the four pillars become the air they breathe, which I wish that it would be for everyone, you know, I, I really do, that then when you both feel heard and understood, then you start to recognize, okay, am I hanging on to something because this is just something I think I'm supposed to hang on to? Or is this something that I really feel passionate about? And then when you, and, and where I say that when you goal is to be heard and you have this framework in place, what the exponential growth is phenomenal because when you then start to recognize that I'm not going to be told I'm wrong, I'm going to be asked, tell me more. And when I start to feel safe or comfortable that I really can go to my spouse and say, check this out. When you did this, this is what I thought. And if I know they're going to say, oh, well, tell me more. So I'm not going to assume good intentions. There's a reason why you're saying this. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. And I'm going to say, help me understand. And then I'm not going to say, wow, well, I, I guess I guess our marriage is in trouble. You know, when you have this framework in place, then you just start to feel so heard and understood. And then you walk away not thinking, I can't believe you said that. Or, you know, what? Yes. Next, time, next time I'm going to tell her this. Because when when I feel like that's what happens so often, even if it doesn't seem like it's the marriage is is bad, you know, if it, even if it seems the marriage is OK, then I say, OK, but I don't know if both people really felt heard or understood. And, yes. And, and I'll tell you, Carmen, lately, let me quote myself again. This Thanks. is going to be the theme of today. Right. But but I do. I get a lot of couples that come in and they, you know, they bring up another thing and I'm saying, let's put it through the four pillar framework. And you almost see the light go out of their eyes because they're like. Okay, but can't, do we have to always do it? And I say, yeah. yeah, you do because you have to have the framework because then I'll have a couple say, but no, but we, but we're fine. We worked it out. And, and this is the thing I'm noticing so much is so people will then try to have a conversation. They'll have different opinions. They'll, they'll shut down. They'll get angry. They'll withdraw. They'll do all the things like Sue Johnson calls them the demon dialogues. They'll, they'll, you know, freeze and flee. They'll, they'll pursue and withdraw. They'll, you know, they'll do all these demon dialogues trying to just be heard or understood or seen. Yes. And so then eventually it's like almost the, the, you know, okay, well, I guess, I guess we we disagree or okay, fine. We'll do it your way. And then they're like, okay. And then we go into our bunkers, maybe a day or two, we pop our head out and we say, are we good? And, and yes. say, yeah. And then they come into my office and they're like, yeah, it was an okay week. We got through it, you know, but we're good. And then I start recognizing, okay, did you run things through the, my four pillar framework? Did you, do you feel like even though now you're past it, can you lay this framework on what happened and, and both now understand you know, man, I didn't, I didn't know that that's what you were saying, you know, or I didn't understand that because I start saying the absence of bad does not mean in your relationship is good. And mm-hmm. I find that so often couples are like, no, we worked it out. And I, and I say, did you, or did you just, you, you just got through it and you, you got through. Okay. And I'm going to interrupt you right there. Yeah, and I'm going to put, I'm going to put like my husband and my relationship here through this because okay, let's do it because this is so, this is so eye opening to me. Because so many times I'm, I'm the type that I have a, a little bit of, of obsessive compulsive. And that's not just me saying like, Oh, I like things clean. I right. literally, there are things in my mind that loop that I, I yeah. have to resolve it yeah, or it won't go you. away. Yeah. Um, so there are times like um, imagine in a marriage and in an argument and I'm like, I have to resolve it. I yeah. have to come to a conclusion or I can't, I can't get through it. On the flip side of that, I have a husband who is a, a peacemaker. He does not like contention. Like I read the Surrendered Wife book. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah, that. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. And it's basically like if you do everything you can to to make your husband happy, water will rise to its own level. And so he will do everything he can to make you happy. And even if it seems like you're submitting, pe- women are going to be listening to this like, what is this book? Well, but well I'll even, even tell, I'll talk about that when we're done with this talk because I love okay. that we're going here. Yeah. And, and, and there's actually wonderful concepts in, in not, you know, in letting arguments go. And, 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 and I did that for a few months and guess what? We were, we were so happy. My husband's like, there's a difference in you. Like, it's just easy. Our marriage is easy. However, 
I did not feel heard. There were so many times that I felt like I'm, I'm letting this go, but this is still bothering me. So then four months later and you're, and we get into an argument and I'm like, this really hurt me and bothered me. And then he says, you're holding a grudge from four months ago. And I'm like, no, I'm not holding a grudge. It just was never resolved. And I was never able to say it. And so now here it comes back in a loop in my mind that I, I don't know how to move past this. And so when my husband says things like, I wish we could just move on. Like if there's something that's bothering you, can't you just let it go? So what do you do in something like that where you're like, I don't, we, it's not healthy to fight about every little thing that you can't go through marriage like that. There are times where I'm like, okay, let it go. But then with the times that I'm like, I really want to talk about this and I want to do it in a way that he hears me. How can you do that in a non-confrontational way that doesn't feel like I'm bringing up fights all the time or that I'm talking about things that in my mind, we not even maybe didn't get resolved, but like you said, that I feel like I wasn't fully heard yes. without feeling like I'm just wanting to fight yeah. all the time. Yeah, Carmen, I'm so grateful. Like I want us to, I want to come back. I want you on my podcast. I want to do live marriage stuff. Like this is so, I appreciate your, I mean, this is such a cliched word in my business, but your vulnerability, because this is the stuff that changes marriages and lives for the better. So yes. you oh. Because what, what is so good and, and man, this, and it actually shows me how much I love couples therapy when somebody is, is willing to kind of share and be open because I do, yeah. I, I throw this tool in there because when I say to be heard is to be healed. Uh, yes. Honestly, it, it's such a unknown that then people are, we only know what we know. And so we hang on to the same tool and we use it over and over again. And then that's why when I say, here's another tool and people are like, yeah, but yes. I, I, but I, I'm this way. You yes, know, I need to. And, and that's the part where I say, OK, it is hard sometimes to step out of our own our own ego and then admit that, OK, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm going to I'm going to lean in it. And this all goes back to discomfort. You know, even if we're asking you and I love your honesty about, OK, if I've got a little bit of that OCD of thought where I need resolution or I'm going to ruminate on this or I'm going to because, you know, yeah. that, that that becomes almost that that obsession, which brings the anxiety and the the compulsion is to have certainty or to make sure we're good or. Yes. So then, you know, so then I would, I would say when you, even if the goal was simply to be heard, then if you find yourself, okay, but I need resolution. Now it's like, oh, what a, what a gift for you to now say, I I have this opportunity to sit with discomfort and learn and grow. Yeah. When you you have a partner that's on board, now it can be like, man, I feel heard, but now check this out. I still find myself wanting resolution. And if his only goal then is, oh, well, she's, I can assume good intentions. That was an easy one. And I can't say, well, well, don't. And then you can say, tell me what that's like, you know, even tell me what it's like to feel heard and not have resolution. And then he stays present, doesn't go in the bunker in that pillar four and go, no, okay, fine. We can resolve it. You know, you're going to learn to sit with that discomfort together. And that's where I almost like a joke where and all of a sudden we look around and we're like, we're still, we're good. Like we're here. Yes. You know? And so then his, you know, his discomfort, I, I would, you know, I know I don't know him, but when somebody says, can't you just let it go? Can't you just, you know, get past things? Then I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to assume good intentions about why he needs to move past things. And I can't say that's ridiculous. I'm going to say, well, tell me what, why. Tell me what's hard about that. Help me understand why. Because then his discomfort is, well, I just need, I need it to never be brought up again because it makes me uncomfortable. Well, why? Well, because we didn't resolve it. But if the goal is not resolution, it's to be heard, then here's this new tool. And sometimes I feel like people just need to understand, oh, I didn't even know that was okay. And yeah. I'm sitting here saying, I promise you this new tool is amazing. There's a metaphor that I love and it's, I'll make it so fast, but it's, you know, you're walking around some field, you fall in this big hole, you've got a shovel. Shovels are amazing. And you just go to town with the shovel and you, but it makes you get further and further in the hole. And you think this is a great tool and I'm a hard worker. So I yes. get back at it and I'm digging and digging and I get further down. And, you know, it's because that tool is great, but not in that situation. And so the yes. point about this metaphor is somebody walks by and they, they, they drop a shovel down in there or a, a ladder and you say, thank you. And then you start digging with the ladder, you know, and, and I always say, well, ladders make crummy shovels, totally. but, some, but sometimes that's what we're doing. I hand somebody a new tool and they're like, thank you for the shovel so I can keep digging. So yes. um, she's not doing the four pillars, you know, and it's like, you're using the tool wrong. The, the, if she's not doing the four pillars, it's because you have to drop into the framework and say, okay, I have to assume good intentions of why she's not using the four pillars. Tell me more, you know? And so I just feel like this is so good, Carmen, because it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. When you have a framework and you both are like, okay, we're doing the framework, 
then you're both going to have to sit with some of that discomfort. Well, and assuming good intentions, that phrase is, is, I think, key is because oftentimes my husband will say, I feel like you just think I'm this jerk that wants to hurt you and that wants to. And and I'm like, well, because sometimes you have, (laughs) you know, exactly. That's why. Well, and Carmen, what I love is that I, when I say assume good intentions, I threw a part B in there that it almost gets overlooked, but it's it's mainly, you know, I use it for things like, I love that you're honestly like, that. oh, yeah, we're going to hurt our partners because we don't know yeah. what we don't know. And sometimes right. so I say assume good intentions or there's a reason why somebody does or says the things they do. So yes. once we can throw, you know, the assuming good intentions is is amazing. But then sometimes I will have people say, okay, but he, you know, he said these mean things. How do I assume that was a good intention? I'm like, oh, yeah. no, I hear you. But there's a reason there. Ultimately, there's a reason why somebody shows up the way they do. And if we jump back into that, the why the framework is important, I think, for everything. Now I move over into my world of, of narcissistic traits and tendencies or emotional immaturity. And I just want I'll go back to like the gender stereotype. But I want a, a wife to have a, a framework there so she won't feel crazy. So she knows that it's OK to have an opinion. And if he says you're wrong, she's like, even if he's not willing to use the tool, she's like, OK, he's breaking pillar, too. I mean, we don't tell somebody no. And and he's letting me know how he feels. And there's no questions being asked. So it's like, okay. And then, you know, here's this tool that cannot be used by the emotional yeah. or, or the narcissist. And so I think it's so powerful, you know, and important to have that. So that that's why I like kind of going back to what you're saying. It's it, that assuming good intentions is amazing. And and I, maybe this is a way because I know I could talk and now I feel like I could talk to you all day. But there are people, when I go back to the book you were talking about, there are people that then hear me and, and they are out of a, like a really abusive narcissistic relationship and they hear the things I'm saying and they say, but they do need to leave. You know, they do need to leave the second they Right. Leave. And it's like, man, but, but what was your experience to get there? It's like, you have to, you know, you have to, it has to be your own journey and experience. I mean, you know, I, I wish I could have the crystal ball and tell somebody, hey, trust me right now, you know, it's not going to work out. And so you're going to do yourself a lot uh, of damage trying to make it work. But that's a me issue. You know, that's a me wanting to get rid of my own discomfort. So I have to have somebody there and help them on that journey. And so this framework is so necessary to then see. And that's why I love your example, because now go back to the question of, does everybody need the tool? And I feel like anybody listening if they're they're either going to immediately feel like, oh, I totally don't feel heard all the time or seen understood. And if it's somebody listening, they're like, our marriage is perfect. That's what I want to say. But would imagine you feel like things go your way a lot, person saying that, you know? Interesting. And it would be interesting to hear, yeah, what the spouse thought. It's like, oh, oh yeah, it, our marriage yeah, is perfect. Yes. Well, and let me, talk about, let, let me talk about showing up with emotion too. Because when, yeah. when you said your wife was like, I feel like you're sometimes two different people. And sometimes that's been something too that it's like, if I'm angry and I've had a, a hard day and it's, we have a million sports things going on and the dinner it burned and we're late getting somewhere. My husband comes home from work and he's like, Hey, and I'm like, don't touch me. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I love you, but don't come near me. And then he thinks, what did I do? You're taking your anger out on me. And I'm like, I'm not taking it, my anger out on you. I'm just angry. Angry. I love it. Yes. So how do we feel our emotions? without letting our spouse think you're directing that at me. Cause I'm like, sometimes I feel like I don't have permission to be mad or angry or sad because I do. It's, it's, he comes home from work and I'm like, take the kids, hurry, do this, go get a pizza. He's late to practice. And it's not, I'm just running up to him and kissing him. It's right. like, I'm angry, but oh, it isn't his fault. It's not, he, he, he needs that. He has had a hard day too. He wants to come home to a loving, happy wife. So I, I shouldn't take it out on him. But what do you do if you're like, if I'm mad, can I be mad without making my spouse feel like I'm mad at them? And how can I authentically show up with my emotions without them being like, you're now being mean to me? Oh, it's, it's so good. First of all, can I show you what my ADHD looks like? Yes. What kind of pizza do you guys get? Oh, man. Well, we get Little Caesars. If we're in a rush, we can pick it up yes. fast. If we're doing, yes. if we're ordering, we do Domino's. Okay. What are the toppings though? Half pepperoni, half Hawaiian. Oh, I'm good. Okay, we can continue. All right. Okay. <laughs> so your question is so good, though, because you say things that I feel like, and again, I would, I feel like I would need another hour to go into the things that I feel like as a mental health professional, that yeah. that we, as much as we're destigmatizing mental health in general, I really feel like we're kind of getting some of the, a lot of the wrong tools out there. Yeah. So even when you said, you know, how can I get my husband to 
you know, like not feel like he's in trouble or how do I, how can I make Yeah, I'm not mad at him. I'm just mad. And so then there's a, there's, boy, there's a concept of acceptance that is amazing. So when I talk about, we have to accept the fact that he may feel that way. And we have to accept the fact that you are going to have anger. Then once we accept it, it doesn't mean, and I, again, let me quote myself on one that no one seems to think is as cool as I do. So I love saying acceptance doesn't mean apathy. So acceptance doesn't mean, well, I guess that's the way it's always going to be. But when you look at the type of therapy I love, it's called acceptance and commitment therapy. But the, the, the concept is like, if we are unwilling to have it, we will. So if I'm unwilling to be anxious, then I will have anxiety trying to avoid things, situations where I'm anxious. If I'm, if I'm unwilling to have emotion, then I'm going to be doing everything I can to control my emotion because I don't want to get mad because if I get mad, then he may feel this way. And so I have to accept the fact that, oh, I'll probably be mad at times. And I have to accept the fact that, and he'll probably feel this way. Because once I accept that, what it means is I'm taking that in, in its entirety without defense. And so with acceptance, now I can also be amazing and fun and happy. And oh yeah, sometimes I get angry and he can be, you know, and, and I give this example to Carmen. I did this recently on a podcast where I, I hate being scared in movies, but I have adult children that want to go on dates with my wife and I, which blows my mind. So oh, the scary see, movie, right? That's what they want to see. So if was unwilling to be afraid if I did, if I, you know, then I would say, I'm going to sit this out. But if I accept the fact that, oh, I will scream, I will yes. throw popcorn, I will watch it through my hands, which is a very real thing. I will yep. have my son poke my ribs and I will yell and throw popcorn. If I accept the fact that I will do that, then I will also hold my wife's hand, eat popcorn, watch a movie, have a shared experience, walk around the mall. So we have to accept the fact that I'll be angry because then I'm not trying to avoid it. And I have to accept the fact that he may be may not take it well because he might not. So once we get there, now back to like the, I've got the four pillars and again, they still are manna from heaven and they're gold and wonderful. But let me, let me talk about, it's funny, I'm, I've already outed you with my fidget toy. I also have a squishable yeah. <laughs> brain that says it's my virtual couch brain. I so, love it. I always, because I, I love the, the concepts around the brain. And so when you've had that day and you've got to get kids everywhere and you burn the thing and all that stuff, then your brain, it, I mean, we, we have our, our brains are trying their best to regulate all kinds of cool stuff and make sense of things that don't make sense. But um, I've had some amazing opportunities to work with this place called the Amin Clinic and they do functional brain scans and they inject dye in people's brains and they have them get very fired up. And you watch almost like the prefrontal cortex of your brain where that's all the logic and reason making little light switches to start shutting off like okay burn dinner more light switches off wait you didn't tell me you need a you need cleats you know more light switches yes. and your amygdala your fight or flight starts saying oh it's, i think we're going to be needed so your yes. amygdala starts to like glow and your front Fight. Yeah. so by the time he comes home you couldn't tap into the logical part of your brain if you had to yes so then it's like so that's where i say acceptance is that's happening so i want him to know assuming good intentions for life here so if he comes home and he's like, man, I can't wait to tell them all my amazing stories of the day and have them, you know, and, and they're going to, you know, whatever, because we're guys and sometimes yes. that validation and he sees that there's a three alarm fire going on and whatever, then it's like, I have a tool for that too, Carmen. And it's, so I feel there, there's concepts around like, you know, masculine and feminine energy, and it doesn't mean male, female, it's about presence and radiance. I've been doing a lot of work for myself of reframing that to, because when we think of masculine, we think male and feminine, we think female, but I've been talking more about assertive and nurturing. So there's a healthy way to be assertive and an unhealthy way. There's a healthy way to be nurturing in an unhealthy way. So I call it holding the assertive frame. So if your husband comes in and you're in this amygdala hijack state, and by the way, don't tell your wife, I think you're amygdala hijack because yeah. you'll, you'll know, you know? And so when that's happening, then what he gets to do is hold this assertive frame. And the tools for that are the first thing is you, you don't, you don't be a victim. Now it's not a time to four pillar, unfortunately. So now you, you, you're not a victim. The second thing though I love is know that in that moment, your spouse, and it could be your kid, it could be whoever, if they're amygdala hijacked because they're overwhelmed, that they're now, in, in theory, they're testing the relationship for safety because they feel unsafe. They feel unheard, unseen. They feel overwhelmed. They're all up in their amygdala. So then again, don't be a victim. Know that your spouse is testing you for safety. And what, a, what an opportunity for me to provide this healthy version of, of assertiveness, you know? I and, love that. And then, right. And then the third thing I, I say, put, put connection ahead of fear or ego. I'm here. Now, when, when she's in her amygdala hijack state, this is why I say ahead of fear or ego. Fear that if I don't say the right thing, she's not going to want to hang out with me later. And ego, yeah. because if I don't jump in and do the right thing, which we don't even really know what the right thing might be right now. Yep. She may attack my fragile ego. 
you know, you don't yes. care or whatever. And if I know that, oh man, amygdala hijack, bless her heart. I love her to death. I'm here. She's testing for safety. I can show up. And my fourth thing is you, you, you don't tell your love. You just, you, you can't tell it. You just be like, I am here. And then now is not the time to take, you know, to, to share all of your past heroic efforts to do this as well. Look, I've, I've done this and this. It's your time to be. And what you're going to do is you're going to provide emotional safety and, and I will go get the pizza. And actually for the guys, it's probably a good idea. Like you can leave and go get the pizza. Yes. <laughs> right. And say, I'm on it. Right. You know, I, I've just provided safety and actually then it will start to calm your heart rate down. And that's the whole key, right? When our heart rate is elevated, that's when we start to release this cortisol and adrenaline and all the stress stuff. And that's the key to have our prefrontal cortex start shutting down or amygdala fire up. So if we can get you to uh, things are yes. people are here so cool. then all of a sudden now the little light switches in my prefrontal cortex are turning back on you know now i'm like okay i'm good now Thank i can you. think clearly yeah yeah so i that's love that. I do okay right and so i feel like basically things become tools you get the tools yes. that you didn't know that you didn't know and yes. my, the, the four pillars now you communicate it'll be uncomfortable but oh my gosh we grow but there are times where they just happen because yes. we're human beings and we get overwhelmed and yeah so so back to answer your question how do I make space or room for the anger? And that's where as the therapist, I say, oh, you just do because it's going to happen. Yes. The coolest part is that we can still take my four pillars and go apply them after the fact. Hey, take me on your train of thought. Like what happened? And then if you know you're safe and, and you're like, I thought that I, I had more time than I did. I wasn't aware of so-and-so's thing. I didn't set a timer. I'm like, because then he's like, oh, man, that sounds hard. Tell me more. Right. And then it's like, oh. and, and then that's not his time to fix yes and that's and yes almost out of time but my pillar two to telling somebody they're wrong that when you really get into the nuances of that it's even like if somebody just says well why didn't you do this well you just told them they're wrong so it's not you you don't do that you you know when somebody's wanting to be heard you're like what was that like tell me more you know what did you have any other thoughts or whatever now when when you feel heard we didn't even talk about this i really like both people getting one round of my four pillars so now that you feel heard then if he's saying Thank you so much. And, you know, that, that makes so much sense. And I appreciate that. And I hear you. And man, no, I, I'm feeling like I want to go into fix it mode. But, you know, are you open for any yeah. solutions? Yes. And you may not be at that point. Yes. Or, but then, because then he might say, man, did you, wh- I wonder if what it would have looked like if you had done this earlier. Because now, if you know, oh, he's not trying to attack me, then it's like, yeah, I didn't even thought of that. Or, well, I did yeah. think of that. But, and we're having productive conversations about even uncomfortable things. And it doesn't feel like we're fixing and judging. And, I love that. Both couples having a round of the four. And and it's so true that it's, it's just ingrained in men to, to fix it and to help me. And, and sometimes it makes me almost feel dumb because as an emotional and and feminine and intuitive woman, I, I I think through things differently. And so sometimes he's like, well, why didn't you put dinner in at three and put it in the crock pot instead of hurrying and baking it at the oven at 450? And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even think of that. I'm like, yeah. I thought that this would be a faster way. And so then sometimes I feel like, wow, I'm really down that I didn't. But instead I'm like, but I have five people's schedules yeah, and yes. emotions and all in me all at the same time that I'm fitting in thoughts and tetrising in everything. And so, cause I take it all in as a whole. Yeah. And you know, you men can compartmentalize, compartmentalize easily with everything. Yeah. And, and we just, we take it all in all together at the same so time. Karma, so what I love about that, if I kind of, and I'm, and I'm not just singing your praises, hollow praise, I hope you can tell this is why I love this stuff so much. And when you get couples that can be open and vulnerable and you have the right tool, that it might sound silly, but then if he says, you know, let me, can I take you on my train of thought? I, I wonder what that would look like if you would have set the crock pot earlier. Yeah. When, that when it's phrased, when you felt heard and then he's saying, man, I wonder if, or let me take you on my train of thought, you're leaning in and then it's like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that, you know? Yes. And, if you, and then if you're like, man, I, I worry I wouldn't do that the next time. Now is when we are dealing with emotion in concert with another human. Now is where if he's like, I mean, I don't know, can I, would it, would it be nice if I like shot you a text in the middle of the day? Hey. Yeah. And because now all of a sudden it's like, hey, that would be great. But then this is where when couples don't have this tool, that sounds like, you know, well, I don't want him to tell me what to do or him saying, well, yes, or saying, well, I don't want to be I don't want to be his mom. You know, yes, I hear that stuff all the time. But that's because it's it's coming from the wrong place. It's coming from the wrong angle. Yeah. Well, and, and it sounds like to me, Tony, to kind of wrap all of this yeah. up. And, and I feel like we I want to do a whole other podcast with you on the masculine and feminine energy and holding Let's the assertion. 
and codependency. Yeah. It, it sounds like when we are, when we can focus on and heal ourselves and look at it from the positive and healthy framework of, okay, mm-hmm. you know, going through all those four pillars and, you know, let me hear you and sound like this and yeah, that no matter what our spouse is doing or no matter how they react to things that we can always kind of stay healthy and, and, yes. and help ourselves. So it's not, well, my happiness and my frustration, my energy levels all going to be dependent on you because that's, yes, Carmen. yeah, because yeah. it's not, it, it's not possible and it's, no. and it's not fair. But if we're constantly like assuming good intent and that honestly, that one phrase mm-hmm. is like assume because we do love each other and, yep. and most couples want to make it work. Most yes, couples don't want to hurt the other person, but, but it, the hurt comes from the not being heard, not feeling like they're truly understanding yes. us. So if we can assume that good intention, then we're always saying, I'm not going to jump to conclusions. Yeah. He loves me. And and then that's kind of where my husband would be happy. Like, oh, she's not going to get frustrated or freak out. She's going to maybe let things go because I'm assuming that he he was trying to help out even though he yeah. didn't. Or he assumes, man, she was working really hard, but she made some you know emotional decisions throughout the day yeah, that went to like- the schedule falling apart. That in and of itself, I feel like is huge just to to do that. And so I feel like a lot of that probably has to do with just making sure we aren't codependent. And that's a whole other podcast that we could talk about of just being whole as a person. Anyway, joking. No, Carmen, that was beautiful the way you laid that out. And I'm I'm not even joking where I say I kind of got the chills because we didn't even know what direction we were going to go today. And I feel like this is I'm so grateful for the way that this all played out because this is the way that it can it can be. I, I just feel like relationships don't need to be as difficult as we make them. Now, I will say they right. are difficult because we come in emotionally immature, kind of going back to that whole thing. Yeah. And this is, yeah. This is where, I, where I go back to the, okay, so yes, there are people listening to this. And there and because I, I work with, I, I mean, I have a podcast called Waking Up to Narcissism, and I just laid out that some of the times the people can't use the tools that they're, I mean, I, and I mentioned, I think earlier, I've got a, so I've got the virtual couch podcast. I've got waking up the narcissism. I've got a, a premium question and answer subscription-based podcast that the money goes to fund a nonprofit to help people that, that women in relationships with narcissistic fill in the blank entities, husbands, whatever, adult kids, parents, where they feel like they have no voice and they're starting to wake up, but there's so much control financially or spiritually or sexually or so, I mean, there are people that really are the population that, you know, I, I love the the people that are back to sound and egotistical. I love my followers, Carmen. I, yeah. <laughs> but I know that, that you know, I want to I'll promote this so much because I, I love yeah. with you and this was so good. And I know that some of the people listening to me are going to say, I don't have that, you know, and I can't yes. try that. And what's wrong with me? And it's like, oh, no, nothing. I mean, you're you're starting to wake up to your own, you know, God given potential and talents. Yes. And people have spent so much time, I call it wasting emotional calories on trying to figure out what's wrong with them or why can't he understand. And so that is not what we're here to do. So when we get the right tools and we start to know that we can just be and do, we don't even realize like all the other things that now we have time to do. And that is letting our light so shine so that we can lift others around us and stepping into like magnifying my talents. And it's yes. a whole new world when you get the real tools. Absolutely. So speaking of tools, if people yeah. want to listen to your podcast... If yeah. they were, you've written several books. I didn't even read your bio, Tony. Tony oh, Overby, so, you're amazing. I'm glad you didn't. I mean, Tony's amazing, as you can tell, just from oh, listening so. to us with these last 45 minutes, that people are like, okay, I want to learn more about you, what you do, nice. how to get help for myself or a family member, the podcast, give us all the stuff so we can oh. follow you and listen and oh. learn more. I'm the world's worst promoter, but uh, if, you, if you just go to TonyOverbay.com, but then, you know, I really, I love the virtual couch podcast is my passion. The waking up the narcissism is, I mean, I really feel like what I love and I do, honestly, I had to get help just for the people, for people that are, I get so many emails of people saying, I finally feel heard and seen and understood, but it's the person that is waking up to the narcissism in their relationship. But I have, I have justice. I mean, almost on a, it is kind of a daily basis where I get an email from somebody. I got two today, this morning of, of guys saying, holy cow, I had no idea. I, I am doing that. I am yeah. controlling. I am, you know, and so I love that people feel seen and understood that way. And so I've got this private women's Facebook group that's amazing. I'm starting a men's group as well, but I want that to handle. I've got a 
We've got an online addiction recovery group called The Path Back, and we've got a weekly call, and that's like a whole group of really cool guys there. And, you know, I've got parenting courses, and I've got a marriage workshop. It's like a 90-minute thing where I talk about these four pillars that if somebody just emails me and says that they liked Carmen and Mai's thing, I'll show, I'll send them a free link to that. That'll be fun. I love it. TonyOverbay.com. Yeah. And Waking Up to Narcissism, you have a book that is... The porn addict, now what? An expert and a former addict answers your questions. You have the the, the virtual couch podcast. Yeah. So I just released one, Carmen. I have to tell you, I released one just recently with one of my daughters that's been a blast. It's called Murder on the Couch, and she's a true crime fanatic. And so she, oh. she brings in cases, and I just go therapy all over them. And she's she's the funnest, like just that's world traveler. Awesome. Yeah, we've got three episodes of that out, and that's been so fun. So it's like, yeah, oh, so that I is love awesome. This stuff. I love this stuff so much. Yeah. So, well, fun. I think for me, one of my the best things in life is being able to use our talents and abilities to help others. And I honestly believe that's why we were given talents, abilities, and challenges and trials is yeah. to help other people. And I think it's incredible that you've taken your challenges, your trials, you know, to turn that around to help other people and use their life experiences to to bless other people's lives. I think that's the whole point is that we just are doing good in our own sphere with what we've been given to make so this I love world our a better place. Yeah, right? It's, yep. It really is. I mean, that's if we can get out of our own way, we can do really good. We can and and truly change lives. And that's, yeah. I think, where we get a little glimpse into what the Savior must feel when when we that getting that one email like it's awesome to speak i've i've spoken in front of thousands of people i've sang yeah. in front of millions of yeah. people and there's and there's <laughs> something wonderful about having that kind of influence and and power you know to be able to speak but i feel like the true the true life-changing moments the 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 times where you truly touch lives is the one-on-one conversations like this that make someone be like I never thought of that or, wow, you really believe in so, me. And that I, I teach voice lessons and it's like the one-on-one students where watching something click in their brain and having this moment of, I can do this. And I love my, I believe in myself. That is what I feel amazing. like we're the closest to the savior when we do things like that. So yeah. thank you, Tony, for talking. Yeah, hey, uh, no, we're, I w- please come on my podcast now. And I'd I love about to. All the things, American Idol, your podcast. Let's do it. Being a mom. Okay, so now I've got a new best friend. So thank Let's you. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Thanks, hey. Tony, for all the hey. good you're doing. Hey, thank you. That was fun. Thanks. That was awesome. I am Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy, truly, all in one little app. And you can use promo code doing good, all one word at checkout, and you get a full month free. So check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com. See you soon.